We need small businesses. And right now, they need us. So Verizon is connecting big names in entertainment with small businesses around the country. Verizon brings you Pay It Forward Live, a weekly live stream featuring big names in entertainment to support small businesses. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on at Verizon's Twitter or Twitch, Yahoo, and Files Channel 501 at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Small businesses need us now more than ever. everybody let's get serious um welcome (laughs) to this feels terrible the podcast um i apologize for my giggles giggles just happen i'm in a silly mood feeling good i'm about to uh fly to north carolina for my little brother's wedding very excited about that nervous boyfriend's meeting the family for the first time i'm going to uh to document it i'll keep you updated um, it could be great, could be uh, terrible. Who knows? Um, I'm sure some aspects of it will be terrible. We're going to go see my dad preach. Uh, Dan and I are going to watch him do that, and my dad's going to take us fishing. It's going to be a whole thing. Who knows? Um, this week, uh, I had one of my favorite people in the world on the show. She's uh, She definitely makes me laugh. Um Almost more than anyone, or maybe more than anyone. She's so funny. Uh, her name is Judith Shelton, and she is a ray of light covered in strawberries carried on the back of an angel. She's amazing. Not to get all Duncan Trussell-y on you, <laughs> being so specific. Check out Duncan Trussell's podcast, by the way, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. That's a plug apropos of nothing. Anyway, um, Jude is a stand-up comedian and a comedian. She was she was on the Gregory Hines show. She was on Seinfeld, and uh, she's a stand-up. And now she this this episode is great because we we really we really get into it. Um, now Jude is teaching stand-up classes here in Los Angeles, which are amazing, and I think everyone should take them. Please go take them. And if you go and take her class, which I know is awesome, and you tell me about it, I'll buy you a drink. How's that? Well, uh, just decided that now. I'll buy you a drink sometime. Send me an email. Judith will tell me if you signed up for her class. Go to judithshelton.com and take her stand-up class if you're interested in stand-up. Also, she has an amazing show, which um, precedes this show called Relationship, which is a bunch of people talking about sex, love, and relationships, and it is... Uh, it is literally my favorite show in Los Angeles, my favorite live show. The next one is on October 20th at the Create Space in Los Angeles. If you go to judithshelton.com, there'll be tickets there. I'll be there for sure. Um, let's all, let's make a day of it. Let's all go to her show. It's so, so funny. Um, yeah, so that's the show. Also, I just had my, the the live version of This Feels Terrible this past Sunday and it was awesome. Um, when I say it was awesome, I'm not so much talking about like the actual show, which was awesome. But I was so excited to see all the all of you guys who came out and watched the show. 
It made me feel really good. I'm still riding that high. We sold out the show and you guys laughed at my jokes, which never happens in the studio. You guys never laugh here. And it's, you know, it's quiet. I'm here alone with Dustin, who's dressed like a French mime. There's just have to stare at Dustin and his, and his his dumb clothes all the time. Do you have enough striped shirts, Dustin? Do you have enough striped shirts? Uh, yeah. No, you look great. <laughs> um, all right, guys. I love you. Here's the interview with Judith Shelton. I thought about this one guy, and I keep thinking about him, that mm-hmm. when I was in boarding school, um, I went to a Catholic girls' school in um, Canyon City, Colorado, oh. right in the center of the state, kind of a, oh, a hick town, definitely mm-hmm. a hick town. The nuns had come from uh, Chicago via train in the late 1800s with guns under their habits. They oh came gosh. by train to rescue the miners' daughters, and so they started this... Uh, they started this school for girls to help raise, you know, wonderful women. And uh, so we're in the middle of this hick town, and I was a, like a new wave kid. You know, I came, had come from Orange County, Ooh. but that was California, right? So, right. When um, did you move to Colorado? How old were you? Eleven. Eleven. And um, so uh, I was like a new waver. And, and, and a music snob and really proud of it. And there were no other new wave kids in our town. They were all cowboys, all of them. Well, there was this one guy who went to the boys' school, the Abbey, which was down the road. <laughs> and he, oh, this is, I really hope he doesn't listen to this, although in a way I hope he does. Because <laughs> yeah. I kind of wouldn't mind making amends. But he uh, was totally a punk rocker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the safety pin in the ear and just like the coolest dude ever. Nice. However, well, he actually was in love with me. This is pretty much the only time in my life that a boy was in love with me. Like I'm was, sure that's not true. Well, it feels that way. It really does. It really feels that way. So he was head over heels. He would make me cards that, you know, he spray painted and the cards had safety pins in them. And they were collages <laughs> ripped out of magazines. And it was just, he was so awesome. But this is the thing. He had been in a custody battle. He was the child in a custody battle. And mm-hmm. the father got upset at the mother one night and shot him in the face, this boy. Oh my, oh my God. So this boy had one eye, and the other eye was just sort of caved in, and half of his face. Oh. And I remember at the time, you know, at 11 or 12, like not being able to get over that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm so mad at myself to this day. I mean, isn't that... Oh, uh, so you, you, yeah, you, you, you didn't return his affection because he was deformed in a way (laughs) and i hate using that word deformed because now i think we're also i've got i've got two titanium hips i'm deformed you know i have two giant scars so i feel sad about that like how different would my life have been i'm extremely melancholic right now like these last few days have been very blue so i'm sorry why are you so blue I don't know. And you're wearing a a beautiful blue shirt. (laughs) I think, I don't know if it's that I'm eating too many um, pop chips. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. That could be it. Um, I'm not. I I can eat myself into a depression pretty swiftly. Seriously. Yeah. And I have, you know, I've become, I had to give up gluten like a year and eight months ago 
totally great. And then mm-hmm. I became a vegan about six months ago, totally yes. great. But those pop chips, <laughs> and I will eat them till they're like, you know, up to here where we got like one chip, like, right. you know, so <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's been bad. What's your flavor? Well, I can only get the original potato because all the rest of them have milk or, oh, you know, like, okay. yeah, so, yeah. um, so, yeah, I've been thinking like, how much would my life have been different if I would have had a really great junior high romance? Well, did you I, ever I, have one? No, no, no. Okay. I that makes did me feel not. better. Yeah, I had when I was in the sixth grade. There is this boy named Jonathan Frazier who uh, was like at um, at sixth, sixth grade camp. We went to this this camp that was up in the mountains, like in the San Bernardino Mountains. This was outside of Temecula, and we. Me and this boy, like, we went on a hike together and played in the waterfall. And afterwards, we we were like, let's go out. Or he he asked me out. He was really cool because he uh, he played Weird Al, like, during our reading time. Yeah. Um, but I was, I got invited to this sleepover, which I didn't, I wasn't invited to very many sleepovers. And all the girls uh, encouraged me to call him and break up with him, just, like, as an activity at the slumber no, party. Like, no, no. Call Jonathan Frazier. So uh-huh. I called him, and uh, he picked up the phone. He had a really deep voice. Hello. And I said, hi, is this Jonathan? Yeah, this is Jonathan. Hi, it's Aaron. Uh, you can't tell anyone we're going out anymore. I said, why? And I said, because we're not. And I hung up the phone. Uh-huh. Terrible. Oh, gosh. Oh, Such a gosh. little monster. Well, oh. But, no, but I didn't have any. Like, that was the extent. I was 10 years old, and then uh-huh. after that, like, Ooh, not 10. a. Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, who knows? Maybe. I actually maybe think I was a was freshman a... by this point. So I oh, may okay. have been 12 or 13, but yeah, he oh, was okay. tall. He was like everything now that I would be totally into. He had a really great swerve. He was just a cool dude. Did you ever make uh, fun of him? No, no. Oh, that's good. No, no, no. Well, yeah, I think, you know, I was the kid that everybody made fun of. So I'm really sensitive about that. But I did know that I was making a decision like, can I have this boyfriend with half a face? Right. You know, and it just, and now Aaron, I have a cat with half a face. So, you know, I think, <laughs> you know, luckily I've been able to look past it kind of all the way tell everybody in the world I have a cat with half a face. And so that's. How long did it take you to find a cat with half a face? Well, he actually came to me. My friend Evie found him in Koreatown. And so I was like, I'll take him. I don't Here. know if I was actually trying to make some sort of spiritual <laughs> shift, but uh, yeah, so I got this little cat now. Well, what were, you, what were you like in, in junior high school and in high school? Well, that's a, yeah. You know, it's, it, my instant response is like to actually smile and mm-hmm. sort of look back at that kid fondly, which you may have given me a real gift right there because <laughs> I don't know if I ever would have done that. But uh, I actually kind of like I am now super enthusiastic, very much a theater kid, mm-hmm. um, chubby. But a dancer, Aaron, uh-huh. a dancer, <laughs> the fattest dancer. But I was the best. Well, That's great. I think what I was. Kind of dance? Oh, everything: ballet, jazz, tap, modern. Nice. Yeah, and so you're really tall. You're really, right, really yeah. tall and really big. So I was always in the back of the line, which always bummed me out because I felt like I was the best. I definitely mm-hmm. had the most enthusiasm, um, but I. It was weird when I was younger. My parents were 
I don't, you do not, I'm telling all this stuff. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's no, your beautiful please. face. <laughs> I I was raised by, um, you know this, but my parents were nudist alcoholics. And uh, so right. house. I don't know enough about this. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've got photo albums of like the whole family playing croquet in the nude. Really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> and so we were a naked noodle family for a long, I mean, we have nude photo albums. Oh man. What? And yeah. When did your parents get into uh, the the nudist lifestyle? Well, we had we I was adopted from Long Beach, and then we went right up to Canada, stayed up there for a long time. But mm-hmm. when we came back to Southern California, I think they just became like fruits and nuts. You know, they just right. like went. They just cut loose. They How took old off their sweaters and when they, when they sealed took off boots. The sweater. Uh, probably uh, young, like nine, ten. Mm-hmm. And and then there was a lot of nudity, I think, until the first kids started going through puberty, and I think all that stopped. But, right. um, yeah, so then when I went to boarding school, I was like, the most shy I would change in my closet. And, you know, still, I'm extremely shy. Really? Even though my parents tried to raise us as, like, body-loving. But you don't want to see your parents' bits. You right. just There's a lot of bits. So would your dad just be, like, sitting on the couch? Totally, and with the balls hanging, oh. dragging on the floor. Oh, yeah, it was man. just dog you... biting on them. <laughs> yeah, so not good. When you're sitting next to your uh, naked dad, do yes. you, do, like, do you remember, like, like, were you guys so comfortable that you just let your eyes wander when at, wherever? Like, not, or was it always like it must maintain eye contact so I don't see my dad's penis? I don't want to see my dad's penis. You know, I couldn't tell you what anybody else was thinking because I was so completely agitated and anxious the whole time completely aware of how wrong this was right. and you know okay. like i'd get hugged while i was nude and, oh, a, and a, man. a hand on the butt while we were talking and i as a wee little kid was like this is wrong this is why are we doing this, this is not right um oh, no did, yeah. did your parents like like dude take off your clothes like we're having <laughs> yeah. fam- we're going to play Gosh. checkers i have take no, your shirt off. i have no idea how Ooh, I'm not even sure, Aaron, how the clothes came off. Right. They just were off, and I'm not sure why. Did uh, you're, you're so much younger than me, but the 70s were really, really weird time. <laughs> it was. It was a weird time. Hmm. Yeah. Did you and your parents had like nudist friends? Yes. Who yeah, yeah. Came over and hung yeah, out. Yeah, come over and a lot of gold chains. They take off the clothes, but not the jewelry. <laughs> the yeah. gold chain and yes. the hair. Oh, the, ew, the yes. Bob Clap. Bob Clap would have like a big medallion in his red chest hair. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yes, yes. So nude, nude folks. It was just not good. And were they also like, sw- I mean, I don't want to. Were they also swingers? Well, see, like, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of folks hanging around, and right. I'm, I'm not sure. And the weird thing is, my dad passed away, but my mother is still alive. If she heard this, first of all, she would deny it all, and second, she would want to kill me because this would mortify her so much. Now, oh boy. this would mortify her. Like you know, it's sort of like my punk rock phase. You know, not that right. it mortifies me, but when I see some of the pictures of the outfits I wore, it's like, <laughs> oh god. But so that would freak my mom out. I think, right, you know, and your mom. But there would was the outfits that she does, didn't, didn't wear. wear that's so. right. I, I saw that the ice storm, and I was like, "Oh, this is so familiar to me," but I'm not totally sure why. <laughs> oh, oh, the ice storm. Yeah, yes. that's exactly what I think of. That and that's the right time period, like 75, 76, 77. Yeah, just okay. yeah. When you're a nudist, like, are there there? I mean, there must be rules for like, you know, you can't 
like there's you do you put up a flag when you want to sleep with somebody because everyone's clothes are off I I honestly it's I you know I I've mentioned this before and I'm I'm also not an expert at all because I was so completely grossed out and mortified (laughs) the whole entire time you can see them in the pictures like everybody else is frolicking like wood nymphs you know and I'm just aghast uh so I I have no idea why we did it or how we did it or what the rules were Mm um how how did that shape your sexuality like that must have god my sexuality is a mess let me tell you (laughs) um i i mean that's a big question but like if if that must be a really hard thing to identify but like do you have any idea like how that like your relationship with your body or your relationship with other people's bodies yeah um well i do know that I've ever since been painfully shy and and really aware where I think maybe the goal was that we're all beautiful. But mm-hmm. I was the person there that was like, no, we are not all beautiful. <laughs> we are not. I'm one of the ones who are not, you know, like, Aww. like, yeah. And so I... I've always been really incredibly shy until I get to know somebody like a sweetheart. And then, then I'm probably naked all the time, but you know, just in general, like I just went for the first time to the Korean spa with my friends who go all the time. And Mm -hmm. it took booze. It took pinky swears. (laughs) It took so much stuff to get me to go. And um, I had a good time, but I was sort of like, I don't know. I'm just the, is everyone naked in the? In yeah. The spa? Oh, have you ever been? It's I actually kind of no. nice. It's kind of a girly thing. There's mm-hmm. one on a um, on Olympic where there's a jade floor. Mm-hmm. So there's all these uh, pools. So there's like a tea, some kind of tea that you can get into a big pool of tea that you Neat. can plunge yourself into. All kinds of scrubbing. There's a lot of ladies scrubbing each other, and then you can. <laughs> there are a lot of ladies scrubbing each other. Yes, yes. There's a lot of ladies scrubbing. Yeah, okay. you scrub your my back. I'll scrub yours. Like too much, Aaron. But <laughs> anyway, I went, and then after you're done, you rinse it all off, all the flakes, mm-hmm. and then you squirrel up in a towel and lay on the jade floor. And it's really, it's actually kind of nice. And That's it's neat. yeah, it's sort of neat. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't gone back. Let me be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds really interesting with me. I always had a interesting with me. That sounds really interesting to me. Yeah. But I like physical, like being like nude with other women and stuff is is kind of is very foreign to me. My mom and I weren't very physically affectionate, so mm. it's kind of I, yes. Ours know. was too much. People were nude, and I was getting hugged with boobs in my face, and right. it's just and you like said your, your parents were alcoholics. Yeah, both of them big boozers. My my mom is sober now, but um, yeah, the, when we were growing up, it was a huge free for all. Yeah, so yeah, right. But um, we should have given you some some whiskey to relax yes. you. Yes. Oh my that. god, you don't know how many times I wish I was an alcoholic. I really do because <laughs> they're just so much sexier. You know they are. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, believe me, I, I wish. Yeah. But no, they didn't. It was, it was, it was a kind of weird, a strict household for us, mm-hmm. but not for the parents. Yeah. So it was weird. Yeah. And then I got to go to boarding school, which was fantastic. How old were you when you went to 11, boarding school? 11. And I, I just loved it so much. Yeah. Um, but, and, uh, yeah. So how it affected my sexuality? I, I don't know. I think, 
I don't know. I wish. Like, I've been listening to you. I've been listening to your podcast. And I'm like, Aaron's so free. I wish I was more free. That's kind of why I do my show, just because mm-hmm. I want to show your relationship. Which yes, is really yes, good. So yeah. Thank you very much. And um, so I, because I don't understand you people who sleep with other people. You know, like you go to their houses and you get naked. And then the next day you might have breakfast. And then, well, how do you do that? And then you go and see them someplace and yeah. you don't, and you just say hello. Like, how does that happen? I don't understand it. Because I, I sort of shame spiral. Unless we get married, I feel bad. Really? You yes. feel bad about, about I sex get a little bit. marriage? No, but, but I just feel like I was kind of raised that, you know, that that's a big deal. Maybe mm-hmm. that's, like, in your generation, is it a big deal? Or is it is a, big deal? a big deal? Yeah. And is it something... Because it was such a big deal, like, we weren't really supposed to enjoy it. Right. You know? Even in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, I I think that, I mean, I was was raised in a very religious household, but I never, never got the, uh, whenever we talk, whenever my parents talked about sex or the church talked about sex, it was... we always talked about it as like God's gift and you should enjoy it, but, uh-huh. and you'll enjoy it much more if you're married. Uh-huh. But it was never like, you know, only do this to yes. have children. And if you're doing it for pleasure, then that's a sin. Yeah. So I never, I never had any of that. But yeah, I think, I think sex was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I like had different stages in my life where it's, I felt like it wasn't as big of a deal. Uh-huh. But I, and like the, the, was destructive. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I God, I really kind of envy you though. I've done me and and destructive have never really been I've never <laughs> really done anything destructive except, you know, which is so unsexy and unglamorous, except pop chips or you know, <laughs> donuts. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Food yeah. Yeah. The food thing is a big we could talk about food. Yeah. The rest of <laughs> You're the, my uh, relationship to food. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. I um yeah, there, there are a lot of people I wish I hadn't slept with, uh-huh. for sure. Yeah, it's not. Um, I don't know. It's 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 just so for me is so clinical. If you don't care about somebody, this, and it's you know what, Aaron, this is my thing. My friends have been telling me because I have never really looked. I'm going to say this at <laughs> pornography online. You've never looked at not pornography? really. Well, okay. no, this is where the tables turn. I mean, where the story <laughs> takes a turn. You're going to tell me you have a webcam. <laughs> a website here. There's one built in. Um, but I never really, because I am old fashioned and I really did believe that if you look at pornography, your computer's going to get a virus mm-hmm. and it's going to send out notifications <laughs> to everybody you care about that you're a filthy it's dirty. one of those lights that comes out of your roof, <laughs> yeah, that's shaped right, like a, a penis. Yes, that's right. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. and um, so I, so my students, um, mm-hmm. and they you teach I your stand ups. Yeah, students. that's right. My students, and they are always like, "Jew, just take a look at it. Just take a look." So I did, and it was like I almost put on gloves. You know, <laughs> can you, like, can yes. you take me through yeah. that night, like how you're prepared. <laughs> to really do it. Oh my god! I brought up a different. What do you? I don't see. I don't know anything about computers, but but you know, I usually use Firefox. I used uh-huh. a different one, Safari. Yes, yeah. I used Safari so that I could go there, and mm-hmm. so nobody would see. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Where I had the headphones go? in. It was. I have my. And you're writing. alone in your own apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but what am I down 
upstairs neighbor hears it. <laughs> because the sounds in those things are ridiculous. Yeah. You can't hide yeah. that, you know? Sure. So I put that on. I It was just so filthy and disgusting. What and time of day did you... Oh, it was nighttime. You don't look at pornography in the daytime, <laughs> And so, Dude, I looked at pornography this morning. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Wait a minute. Girls yeah. look at pornography? Well, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, I okay. have to hear what you looked up. And okay, everything. okay. Well, so I, <laughs> I typed in free pornography. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Oh look, at, I'm so embarrassed that I tried to hide all my tracks and now I'm saying it on a yeah. podcast. So you typed in free yes, pornography. free pornography. And all these things come up. Now, first, aesthetically, is there anything more ugly mm-hmm. than the fonts and the colors of these porno sites? I mean, they're just <laughs> so unattractive. You know, it's like your font for your show is so gorgeous. The music is gorgeous. You go to these yeah. things, it's hideous. It's like right. the color schemes are just, there's a bouncing penis. Mm-hmm. It's like shooting... Mm-hmm. A fluid gift of women squirting. Yes, it's just horrible bouncing. And they, these girls have the worst shoes on. (laughs) You see these shoes? To quote my friend Evie, they're like hooves. They're like big plastic hooves. Yeah, yeah, giant platform shoes. Yes, it's just they're so. You know those shoes are stinky. Like there's no natural fibers. They got chains and crap. What ew? (laughs) So you type in free free pornography, and you just you just started selecting, selecting, but. All the stuff I got was like, if you really want to see this, you got to pay some money. Like, right. it's just a bunch of scoundrels. But you, your students didn't tell you about like the free, you know, their their free porn sites. <laughs> they did. They told me about Xtube or Tube <laughs> Liquid U. Uh, what what porn is tube? Porn or Tube? Porn Tube. I looked at that one. Porn Hub. Uh, U Porn. I've done all of those. Red Tube. Oh, Red Tube. You okay, just. You jizz. Oh my gosh. No, you jizz. Well, and also the other thing is I ended up on all these gay fellow porn sites, uh-huh. which is just a lot of gay fellows getting sure. it on. Yeah. And that's not exactly my swerve. So, mm-hmm. but, so I found. I like that your swerve. Yes. Yeah, so I looked. Did you figure out what your swerve is? Yeah, oh, I don't even know if I want to admit it. I'm, I'm a, I'm just not healthy. I'm not healthy. I'm not a healthy person, I think. But I try to look at a lot of things and shop mm-hmm. around. I thought amateur would be the most fun because I, okay. I want them to be in a normal outfit. You know, right, at least right, to right. start. What are these girls doing? They have bad hair and they're just, ew. Yeah, they're, just, they're spitting a lot. Did you see a lot of spitting? Bleh. Oh, God. Yeah, you a just, lot of spitting, a lot, of show, a lot of showing their food to the camera. Oh, gross. <laughs> a lot of you, know, you know what I, There's there was one girl, and I watched this, uh-huh. who is her her butt mm-hmm. is in the camera. It's spread open. Yeah. So you see all the holes and the flaps. <laughs> and the legs are like this. And mm-hmm. it looked like a, an alien face. Yeah. It, what is sex? <laughs> it was an alien. It looked like an alien. I th- yeah. It's what? So... And she's just jamming it up. Kind of like mm-hmm. your cat, you know, mm-hmm. is always putting his butt in your face. It's just too weird. I, I don't understand it. But still, I enjoyed it for a moment or two, if you get my meaning. Uh-huh. And then afterwards, I felt so dirty. Yeah, immediately afterwards. Immediately. Did, you, did you shut your laptop? Uh, totally. And I, I brushed, I think. I think there was some cleaning. It's so disgusting. And then what is that that you shut down? I kind of understand what it's like with 
you know, maybe a couple of the fellas, you know, mm-hmm. how they, they just shut down afterwards. And they're yeah. like, well, it's time to go to Home Depot. You know, like they want to move on. I yeah. totally get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like it takes your life force, you know. Yeah. But it, it's so bad. I've literally uh, shut my lap, like, like finished what I was doing and then I've uh, been like ugh gross Aaron and like totally shut my laptop. totally gross and then all this Catholic guilt comes in like oh. you're a sinner and God just saw you do that oh. yes and well, well, you, you're you're a pervert and so then you're never gonna have a normal sex life you know it's just ugh. oh geez yes yeah, well good. I don't think I mean everyone has like I, th- I think if you were to interview uh, like 50 people, 49 of them are going to say that they they have something that they think is. You you said that you that what you were looking at was unhealthy. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> unhealthy. It wasn't anything with animals or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I just kids. Aaron, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad either. But it, it was. I don't know. I'm well. Let, are you as interested in looking at men or women? Like, do you look at it and go, I want to see a dude jerking off? Um, well, I, I I haven't talked about porn on the podcast Uh-oh. before. Oh, uh-huh. right. I love that I'm talking about it with you. You're the last person that I thought I was going to talk about porn with. Um, I... Uh, well, I, 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 I look at porn. I, I watch... I watch porn I um well watching porn sounds like that sounds like I'm like sitting down with a with a big yes. bowl of popcorn and right. I'm like it's it's porn night yes. but no I I masturbate to porn really um, mm-hmm. girls do that yeah well, can I, I think ask so you I, does it make you desire your sweetheart less no no okay. no so no. there's not an infinite amount and if we get rid of it there's none left for anybody <laughs> else like you know there's no. just a bank there's well, a I do no I, I do think that like that I don't know. I the more I started like looking at dirty pictures and stuff when I was in high school um and like I I saw I watched scrambled porn. Oh, I heard that on your last yeah. show that you Yeah. Did. So like yeah. it started with like scrambled porn and then escalated, I guess. So because you do become numb to those images. So that is kind mm. of a bummer. Mhm. Uh, but no, it doesn't like the, like sex with a boyfriend or with a loved one is so different from mm-hmm. just masturbating to humans having sex. Yeah. Like it's, it's you, you separate uh-huh. that. It's just pure sex. But uh-huh. I also like I would, uh, masturbate to the, the thought of my boyfriend or, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. The, That's so nice. <laughs> sweet but I don't think there's anything I don't know it's it's a hard thing because you want like you mentioned like the chains and all of that like it is it is um because I'll I'll go to a website like youporn and there'll be like a gif in the corner and it will be a woman with like a hook in her mouth and like she's getting beaten up and like yeah that that's like that's um that's upsetting I'd rather men masturbate to that than actually doing beat it. their wife mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and jerk off on her back yeah you know if that's going to keep somebody from being yeah. violent i yeah. think we we can't help we can't help our sexual makeup mm-hmm. 
that's why like you know when people are pedophiles and stuff it's so sad because mm-hmm. you know you can't have sex with a kid and you shouldn't look at images of children and yeah well, I wonder. <laughs> we, yes. we went from like laughing to like thinking about <laughs> people having sex. I have a little children. tear. Um, I but I wonder have have we all had that little kinky side, or has it just gotten more intense as they've been mm. feeding us more and more images? Yeah, like yeah. back in the day when when a little bit of ankle turned a fella on. Mm-hmm. Like, is it? Yeah, I, I'm sure like porn desensitizes us. Yeah, I it's a it's a bummer. I don't think mm. that there's anything wrong with watching porn, mm. but I don't. I it makes me sad for our society that it's gotten so complicated that yeah. there's so many things. That's right. Everybody has a story about like being eight years old and you see like a commercial with someone pouring a cup of coffee and you're like, oh my God, look at that sexy sweater. Yes. Oh, I love that. And then it cut to that same person masturbating to like chocolate syrup while to while these Japanese guys are breastfeeding a, a woman that's frozen in a yes. subway. Uh-huh. Half of that was an actual thing I saw. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yes. Yes. I saw, I saw, uh, I saw like a video on YouPorn. Like I just like there's sometimes I'm just like what? Like what does this mean? There's this video uh, that w- said like frozen, frozen in time, ladies on bus, and it was a porn where this guy had like a remote and he could freeze time in the uh-huh. bus and uh-huh. then he just walks around and like takes all the girls panties down uh-huh. wow <laughs> wow a, a very complicated uh, yes. rape fantasy yes wow yeah. and they have to have good like core strength to be able to get yeah all that yeah stuff. well that was a yeah. it's, it's an it's an impressive video yeah <laughs> right. a lot of like yeah. i could tell that some of the girls regretted the the position that they were frozen in uh, <laughs> yes looked, looked difficult yes it looked yes. very difficult yeah so have you you only looked at porn that one time. Twice now, twice, twice. Oh, okay. What if it's becoming a habit, Erin? It might be becoming uh, a habit. I, uh, yeah, I like. I don't. I'll, I'll go in and out of watching porn because mm-hmm. it because I do get like a little, yeah, grossed out. By yeah, because it. it is pretty violent. A lot of it's really violent. Uh huh. Right, and I feel like it's so. Well, of course, of course, I'm going to say this, but it's. I, I I came up on all the John Hughes movies, so I sort of miss mm-hmm. like I do. I miss all the romance, you know. It's just they're <laughs> just boning, they're just getting down. Yeah, and I can't even imagine how they're even into it because they haven't had any conversations. There's been no dancing to records. I don't understand how they're we're already at the boning phase, but yeah, they just go right at it. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well. You can check out those websites. Okay. Also, shout out to all the 10-year-olds that are listening. Oh, god! Stop listening. Yes, please don't listen please to don't this. Listen. Yes, it's ugly. Oh, it's also, ugly. shout out to my brother. I haven't done that for a while. Oh, <laughs> so. your younger brother. Yes. Mm-hmm. My younger brother. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's cute. Um, <laughs> so, so you, are you looking for a sweetheart? Like, how is your... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, why am I saying that? I, you know... I went through this phase. I just turned 45 on August 1st, and everybody kept saying, what do you want to do for your birthday? I, I usually have a dance party because I love to dance. Mm-hmm. And But I was like, this year, I'm going to hunker down with my friend Lily, and I'm going to sign up for OkCupid because nice. I've never done that. I've never done the online dating. Yeah. So I signed up, and I had. it took me two hours to figure out my name. 
it took me two hours because <laughs> I, it had to be awesome. And yeah. uh, it's dancing to records. Um, nice. And but I, I, I really liked it at first. Mm-hmm. But this weird thing is happening that. I've been involved in improv and comedy my whole entire life. So that means that even though I get older, all the fellas pretty much stay young. Like, I have my friends, but, you know, everybody that's coming into say I.O. or something, they're always young. I'm always around younger men. And so that's what my eye is trained. Plus, I'm still sort of, I'm arrested in my development. I'm still sort of a high schooler. And so my... So when I got on OkCupid and wrote in my age, now they're sending me all these 50-year-old guys. And no offense to these guys, I've never been around them. So I don't yeah. I don't know about 50-year-old guys. The only thing I know is that they need Cialis or something. Like, you know, like they, they, they have to take an <laughs> erection pill. Like, that's all I've ever heard from the media about right, 50-year-old right. dudes. Which I know is totally wrong to say that. But that's... So... And I, this is going to sound awful because this is, was totally my fear about going online, that they would see my picture and go, Ugh. So the fact that I see all these 50-year-old dudes, I have to be around them. I have to get to know them. Because of what I'm surrounded by all day long, I'm never going to see a picture of a 50-year-old dude and be like, oh, God, I got to meet that guy. And I yeah. know that sounds awful. So, But I really do want to meet them because I think it's more appropriate. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could be fantastic. And they might have children that I could love. And maybe I'd yeah. have a family and my heart would you grow. You clothe them? Yes. Oh, gosh. And, and we could have holidays together. And, you know, so it's it's good for me to explore but i so what's happening is i'm seeing all these 50 year old guys and then you write them or they write you and then you write a little more and then they say can we talk on the phone and then there's all these missed phone calls and it's just too it's unnatural to me it's so unnatural so you've had a few back and forth yeah and and then it hasn't turned into anything and partly because maybe i just lose interest and mm-hmm. I hate to say that but it's like I'm used to being around people like yeah. my people are my favorite thing I love to talk to them as well I love to just find out more about people so to have this wall between us mm-hmm. and it's just it's not working out so I've done it for like a month and a couple of days and I already want out of it you know just because it just seems weird mm-hmm. to me but it could be just because I'm in a little bit of a blue phase and maybe it'll pass. Yeah. Um, I've had friends say you can put it on, you can suspend it or whatever. And I know that I'm like on the cheapest site and so maybe there's a better. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying that the men on it are not good men. They're actually sure. some really great guys, you know, who have a lot of interest. You know, they grew up in my time, so we like the same bands. We like, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just moving past that is has been a struggle and i i don't do well on the phone so the phone calls are really stilted and i it just it hasn't been fun and i i kind of would rather it be fun or be alone which i know sounds defeatist but it's like it's just not fun it's a struggle right yeah, yeah. it's 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 a totally different muscle it's not a yeah, it's not something that we're used to. That's right. Well, I would think you younger kids would be used to it a little more because you do so much mm-hmm. texting and mm-hmm. things like that. Where Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have to look at a person and see them and, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I am actually, I mean, one good thing about me is that I'm good with people. Like, I, like, I actually yeah. genuinely like people. And so I feel like no matter how 
much we don't have chemistry or whatever, it'll still be okay. Right. You know, even if we, because this is the way I approach my comedy. It's like, if it's not going well, then talk about how badly it's going. So, like, let's talk about how much it sucks, you know, but let's just get out there. So it's been frustrating. I haven't been loving it. I think the cool thing about dating online is that you know that everyone who's there is looking for that's a date. A good point. Yes. So that's nice. Yeah. You really, but I I I um I worked in Atlanta for a little while last year. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh when I was single and I I was really lonely and so I got on okay Cupid and I was like I'm only here for a few months um so if anybody wants to take me around the city I'm not looking for a boyfriend obviously and I I ended up like meeting several people through okay Cupid and it was a really great experience but one thing I, I really took away from it is that there's no when you're just looking at someone's picture it could the, their picture could look identical to how they look but yes. th- there's no you don't know what yes. that person's like so if you get used mm-hmm. to like okay here's this representa- representation of this person and this is what they say their interests are, but like, there's no way that this is going to capture right. who they are in person. Well, may well be a hieroglyph, you yeah. know, just to represent who they are. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I think you have to cast a, cast a wide net. Yeah. I'm okay. going to start a dating site called Wide Net. <laughs> wide Net? <laughs> yeah, I would join that. I would join there, that. What's the, what's the website for every, the, uh, Plenty, plenty of, of plenty fish. of fish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's one called "How About We" that I've been interested in. Have you heard that one? Oh yeah, where yeah. you just write like I'd really like to go do this, and mm-hmm. then whoever wants to go with you can write I'd like to do that too, and then that you actually really go cool. out and do things. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about that too. But I talk a lot. Then as soon as somebody says, "Yeah, why don't you go with me to the craft bazaar?" I'll be nervous and not be able to sleep, and you know. But that's a kind of a good nervous. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do you feel like you need to be with somebody? Like you're pretty independent. I, that's right. I've never felt like I needed to be with somebody and then lately it's really become sort of apparent and I'm not hmm. you know why it's because I see my younger friends now coming up and getting married Mm -hmm. and having children Mm -hmm. and I see how happy they are like it was great when I first came out here and was in comedy all my friends were so young they were barely even in relationships so it's like we were all kind of hanging out being singles together well now I see those same people in relationship and making family and it's like oh man it looks great out there you know so I'm sort of thinking like okay I guess I gotta make some effort Mm -hmm. but yeah I just I was married and it didn't Mm -hmm. go well and so I'm just like oh I don't think I have the skills you know yeah like honestly I I look at you and I'm like Erin knows how to do it she just does it. She's, all, you know, like, I feel like some girls have done it their whole life, and so they're good at it. Hmm. And I haven't. I was in a Catholic convent school, all girls, and then I was in a Quaker college, and then I was in a lesbian relationship for eight years, and then I got married to a dude, and we were together ten years. Right. And so I've just not had any experience at all. Um yeah. Yeah, so you just mentioned a lot of things. I mean, uh, <laughs> so you so yeah. you were in a very long relationship for eight years yeah. with a woman. Mm-hmm. Are you, would you date a woman again? Or like, do you? You know, I, it's so weird. I ask myself that question all the time because, mm-hmm. yeah, it just seemed like that, that was actually a really good relationship and we're still friends. Mm-hmm. And that was a fantastic relationship wonderful relationship it was the right. most playful the most 
you know, romantic, I guess, and great relationship. Um, but I, I hate this is not going to make me any fans, but I am, I, all I can do is like when somebody walks through the door, if it's a guy, I'll look at that guy. But if it's a girl, I don't, I don't check that girl out. But if it's a guy, I check that guy out. So I'm just kind of going with that. Right. Although my best relationship was with a woman, I'm kind mm-hmm. of s- still interested in men. I don't know if it's just a nut I need to crack. Kind mm-hmm. of like a case I need to solve, or right. are you um, still attracted to women? Um, or do you like? Yeah. Do, is your swerve curved? <laughs> Possibly a little bit curved, but I'm not. This is what's not going to make me any fans. I'm not interested in the lesbian culture at all. Okay. Yeah, I'm not interested in. Yeah, it, it's weird. It's not PC for me to say that, but I'm not interested in spelling woman with a Y or, you know, I'm just, and I, and that's so disrespectful. I'm, I know that. Write your letters to me. Um, but it's, it's how you feel. Yeah, I'm just not. And you were brought up in a really like alternative yeah. household. And, yeah, yeah. And, and then you went to Catholic school. Yeah, and, yeah. Where yeah. my first love was my religion teacher and Sue was a woman. And so I, but all I know, because I'm trying to figure it out too, but when mm-hmm. I'm very interested in guys, like they, I get all giddy around guys. Mm-hmm. I want to be with them. I want to, you know, and I don't feel that way about girls. However, do I think some girls are sexy? Yes. But I don't see, I don't want to have a relationship with them. It's really messed up. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I mean, like they're self-aware. Of, yeah, and yeah. there are young people listening to this, and and I just want to say this is my issue. There's nothing wrong with being gay. There's mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, that was my happiest, most successful, and fulfilling relationship. So I wouldn't want to deny that. Um, anybody, I want everybody to be able to do what they want to do. But but still, at 45, I'm completely trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you think about. Uh, uh, your ideal partner. Mm-hmm. Like what is what is he like? What is what is that dynamic? Wow. Because yeah. you're 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 so uh, giddy and bubbly yeah. and talkative. Like, is he really quiet, or is he also really enthusiastic about everything? You know, oh, I I love this question because it's fun to think about. And rarely are there things in my life that I think are fun to think about. <laughs> but that's that's fun to think about. So, like, if you were just so okay, so 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 what you are saying right now is is creating a man next yeah. to you. Like, what is just describe it's so it? Name. Exciting. I love this, Aaron. Um, well, he's tall because mm-hmm. I have tall girl issues for sure. Sure. So he's a big ass dude. He's okay. big and powerful. And I kind of feel like, okay, I've, I've actually given this a lot of thought. My dream man will be wearing a like pink suit mm-hmm. with like a bow tie. He's like very <laughs> colorful, but he's not a gay fellow. He's okay. totally into me. Okay. And like, he's like Gatsby? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay. he's like, you know, I remember Bette Midler. I don't know if she still is, but she was married to this German artist. And he always wore these fantastically colored three-piece suits. And he was just like, that That really, clothes on boys are like my big thing. Like okay. if I did have a kinky thing about me, I love boys in good clothes. <laughs> and um, so, uh, yeah, he would be 
dressed fantastically like a mm-hmm. peacock. And then, um, but I actually do want a guy who is loud and boisterous. It, I've had many people tell me, Jude, you need a guy who's quiet and just loves you and just supports you 100%. I don't think I need that because I am a big, I hate, this is gross and very unattractive, but I'm a big personality and, and I don't always like having to be that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, do, I, I understand that. I think completely. you do. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. dated, I've dated guys that were, uh, shy and quiet mm-hmm. and th- those weren't bad relationships, but mm-hmm. eventually it was just like, I, I feel like I'm performing for That's somebody. Right. And, yes. and I think it's easy when you have somebody who's, who's really loud and then okay. somebody who's very introverted. The introver- introverted person just pushes all of their personality on the other person or the other person sucks it up like a vampire mm-hmm. accidentally. And- Interesting. And, and you know what I did? Cause I was, I was, ugh, I was married to somebody like that. It was mm-hmm. a fantastic talent. Right. And a, a fantastic artist. So I got that. I got that. A great artist. But he was I felt I felt not only did I kind of have to do and and this is wrong. I mean, I'm the ex-wife. I'm only coming from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Like if he hears this, which you probably won't, but but I'm only saying what I know. So it's probably not even half the truth. But the way I felt about it was I did a lot of the work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I he did a ton of stuff in the relationship, but I just felt like I was the one who was social. I was the one who did the, you know, meeting people, which I love. That wasn't hard work. Right. But what the weird undercurrent of that was, I was also the dramatic one, which actually means the crazy one. Right. The unreliable one. The one who's a mess, mm. you know, whereas he's the, He's even keel and he's the good guy. And yeah. I know that's my own baggage that I brought into it, but our whole relationship was sort of me feeling like I'm the crazy one. So always apologizing, always taking the blame. And I know we're not supposed to talk about blame in terms of relationship, but that's what I did. What, yeah. um, how did you decide that you wanted to marry him? Like, was I that- saw him naked, Aaron. <laughs> It's the first guy I saw naked. And I was like, yes, I want that all to myself, which is so wrong. Oh. Don't do that, people out there. Don't do that. Um, I, yeah, he was my first boyfriend, really. Uh, not my first boyfriend, but the first boy I had sex with. And, um, and I just became obsessed with him, which is also not good. Right. Obsessed. He was a fantastic talent. And, um, and I remember this is a sad thing, but, you know, at the time I was a pretty good comic. Mm-hmm. I was, my career was amazing. Yeah. You know, I was on a show. I, I was really successful, you know, and I remember looking at his portfolio and saying to the, to the universe, or at the time I was saying it to God, mm-hmm. um, he's more talented than me. So I'm going to do everything I can to support mm-hmm. him in his career. And right. a little part of me, like a house of cards just collapsed because it was, I felt his expression was more valuable than mine. Right. And Did he, he was feel the same way. He was absolutely fine with that. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I say that as a joke, but that's my first instinct is yes, he was fine with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, he loved, the fact, you know, in my shows, he was always in the front row. Mm-hmm. So he loved that. But yeah, I said That's... I didn't want to talk about him and now we're doing it. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll go to a break. Okay. Hey, you guys, commercial time. 
Um, do you guys know what a nose rubbing on a mic sounds like? That's it. That's what it sounds like. Uh, this is the commercial. Um, few things. First of all, thank you guys for your emails and for your donations. I sent out a, a big batch of postcards this morning, so uh, watch your watch your mailboxes. If you if you donate to the show, if you go to feralaudio.com and click on um, "This feels terrible" and donate via PayPal. If you donate ten dollars, I'll send you a, a postcard. If you donate fifty dollars or more, I'll send you a, a a package. Those are those take me slightly longer. But um, they they still happen, and I I hope they're I hope they're great. Uh, also, uh, we have a Tumblr run by Caitlin Kelly, the very talented Caitlin Kelly. If you go to um, if you look up this feels terrible Tumblr, uh, follow us on our Tumblr, and and there are a bunch of cool go deeper things there, and that's just starting up, and it's going to become a huge thing, and probably the most important thing in your life. So check it out before it takes takes you over before you give up your kids because you are spending too much time on the this feels terrible tumblr just start that process early um also if you shop on amazon you can go to feralaudio.com and click on the amazon link uh lastly um the live episode that we did is going to be available on itunes for a dollar right (laughs) um i'm asking the producer for for a dollar um, and I, I think it's worth it. It's just a dollar. Um, I understand if you, uh, if you don't want to buy the premium episode, I get it. I hope you're not insulted. We just cost a lot of money to make this show. And, um, yeah, it's a great show and I feel really comfortable selling it for a dollar. I think it's worth it. So, uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And, um, yeah, don't stop chasing those dreams. So, so you were saying that you put all of your focus on his career. Yes. And that kind of makes me sound, I mean, we all know that that's something not to do, but I'm also worried that it makes me sound like I was the most amazing and selfless woman. I wasn't. I was a complete mess. Because when you do that kind yeah. of thing, when you focus on somebody so intensely and you don't listen to your own desires and your own drives, mm-hmm. um, I quickly... And I think other people do too. You, I quickly became resentful yeah. that he didn't want to focus that much on me. Right. And of the two of us, he was the more healthy one, I'm sure, because he continue, he's, a, he's a very good artist. And so he just continued to make art. But I stopped performing, kind of. I stopped, like, my art then became being his wife. Right. Which is not How- good. How long into your marriage did that? Did it happen gradually? Oh, it, it happened from day one, even before we were married. However, it was thrilling because you mm-hmm. know I came from kind of a messed up home, mm-hmm. and that was real fractured. And even though there was a photo album of us running around nude playing croquet, it was not a happy time. Right. And so to have a husband was the greatest thing ever in the whole entire world. It just made me feel normal, mm-hmm. made me feel like life made sense, mm-hmm. made me feel safe for a while, not right. forever, but it made me feel safe. And um, so I loved it. I lived on the fumes of that for five years. It was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then after five years, I just started to get more and more angry. And now that I'm out of it, I know it's because I wasn't creating. I heard a woman on NPR the other day talk about she's a poet 
laureate. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was talking about how creativity is an energy. And if you don't honor it, if you don't do something about it, it will turn on you Hmm. and become a deficit. You know, it will start to hurt you. And I think... How do you mean like you're... That energy just becomes... I, I, I can only talk about myself. Like, I have creative thoughts all day long. And if I don't do them, then they become self-hating thoughts. They become mm-hmm. thoughts of jealousy. They become, I start pop comparing. Chips. Pop chips. That's <laughs> it. Aaron, that's it. They become pop chips. And um, so, but I continued five more years and just became more and more angry, mm-hmm. more and more mean, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, Duh. What were your days like then? Well, the end of your we, marriage? we had, I had had a lot of dough. I had a lot of money. I had inherited money and then I was on a television show and so I made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then that slowly dwindled because I didn't take care of it and we lived high on the hog and, you know, mm-hmm. I had a home in West Hollywood and the best cars and the best clothes. Oh my God. I really was quite styling. And, um, you know, I had to have my closets built in to hold all my Prada bags. My, my, my focus was so, well, I was really overweight. I was a very, very overweight, like 70 pounds more overweight than I am now actress in Hollywood. Okay. So I was filled with self-hatred. And so I just, clothed myself in all mm-hmm. the most expensive things to hopefully people wouldn't notice that I was overweight. You know, I was compensating basically. Right. And, um, so spent all my dough. And so what happened is our life took a huge, and it, and it's a nine 11 story, which poor me, but at the and stock nine 11. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Nine eleven weird. today. <laughs> weird, weird, weird. Um, Ooh, that's neat. But yeah, on nine 11, <laughs> the stock market crashed and I had been, um, uh, kind of taking things out of my stock market account on mm-hmm. the margin, which I don't know if you know what that means, but you're mm-hmm. like taking it out on paper. You're not actually taking it out. You're borrowing against what you own in the stock market. Okay. So when the stock market crashed, the value went down and I had to pay it all back. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Okay. So I, think I, I understand. I lost my, basically, Aaron, I lost all my money overnight. Oh, overnight. So overnight, this kid who had never really worked, Mm-hmm. You know, like in a real job, right? Had to start to get work, and the only skills I had, I I went and started um, assistant teaching, and I was tutoring kids and nannying, and just things that were killing me inside. Yeah, and after my, being on a television show, yeah. and like, and cl- never really working. Yeah, oh, taking man. Groundlings classes all day and getting right. facials and massages. Yeah, it was just major wow, shift. I can't imagine that. Oh, but I bet awesome. you're so grounded. <laughs> it was awesome. But but and everybody was telling me, you know, take care of your money and I really did believe it was never ending. Yeah. You know, I really did believe this. So um but what's interesting is, you know, my ex was sort of tooling around on that too. So he mm-hmm. was just making art all day. Well when the shit hit the fan, mm-hmm. it was like we all gotta get jobs. And he was like, I'm not getting a job. Oh. Yeah, because he was a great artist and he had made a deal with the world that that's what he was going to do, even if he had to be homeless. Right. But for me, that was difficult to handle and I became really resentful. Yeah. Because I was doing three jobs a day. I was working all day long in jobs that I hated for $8 an hour. Right. And 
come home and and I hate Why saying this. Why didn't you this. try to go back to comedy, or were you trying to get work as a comic no. or an actress? Oh, oh, well, no, because I had kind of had a nervous breakdown after my show ended. Um, I really lost it mm. because I got fired from that show. You did? I did. I, I got that. fired. How did? Why did you get fired? Well, I was a series regular, but the way this show, we, we, it was an adult show with mm-hmm. a child, but we got placed, and this was in the 90s, Erin, we got placed between Step by Step and Family Matters, so it quickly became a family show overnight, right. so his adult friends became, you know, and I worked, I was his wacky secretary, uh-huh. so I became like one line a week, and they mm-hmm. were paying me a lot of money to do that, so they wanted to um, cut me down to a recurring character mm-hmm. and cut my salary amazingly, but but there was some weird glitch in the contract that I still had to be devoted to them. Like I couldn't go do other shows without their permission. So sort of mm. the same contract you have as a series regular, but right. with half the dough and, and half the prestige and all of that, you yeah. know, that my mind, I was so full of myself at this time. I was so full, you know, I had success rapidly without mm-hmm. really earning it mm-hmm. in my opinion. And so I, it was, it had enormous ego that just did not understand how lucky, did not have gratitude. Now, some of my friends who worked on the show would say, oh, Jude, I mean, I loved every, I was so grateful. I was every day saying thank you. But on a deeper level, I uh, didn't know how good I had it. Right. And so um, my... How old were you? Like when you 20, got 27. Yeah, maybe 26, 27. Mm-hmm. And... And, um, so I, my, you know, I talked to my manager and my manager, God bless her heart was trying so hard to keep me in a place of gratitude and just mm-hmm. do it. You know, you'll be on a show and we can work, we can get other things going. And, yeah. you know, but I was like, oh, this is an outrage. And so what we decided was, um, just let me go, fire me and bring me back as a guest star so that Aaron, I can go do Chicago Hope and all these other shows that I'm sure I'm going to be successful at, right. which none of that happened. Oh man. And, uh, so I went back and did the final episode, which was the tap dancing episode. It was the Gregory Hines show. And so we, mm-hmm. I got to tap dance with him and Savion Glover and Dulé Hill. And, um, it was, really fantastic but then the show got canceled anyway so it's just i've really been bumped around at my own at my my own fault really because i i was a young actress and i thought i i mean everything worked out just how i had imagined except for saturday night live but everything else worked out i came out here everything yeah, what were worked your, out what were your what were the steps leading up to that show not much basically i just did stand up mm-hmm. and from that i um you know, I tell my students now, like, eat it, go out and eat it, like fail everywhere so that you're used to failing. Mm -hmm. Because I did not fail. I was such a people pleaser. You know, I was raised by alcoholics. So I knew how to, to dance for anybody who ever needed me at any time. I could please anybody at any time. That's a skill that I have. And so I just succeeded without failing, pretty much just got great shows one after another without failing. And I did this show. I mean, this is how full of beans I was. I did a show uh, at the HBO workspace at the time, which I think is now the Comedy Central stages or something like that. And uh, it was a one woman show called Two Scoops of Me. 
I mean, how pathetic, how gross. How could anybody marry me or I just, two I was so, of, of me. me, of me. <laughs> Why two? Because that's how delicious it is. You want but two. But only two? Well, okay. We're not 20 scoops. It's <laughs> a deeper insight. Yes, that's a deeper insight. Only two. Um, yeah, only two. Okay, okay. I thought two was excessive. You know, I really thought, Jude, two is enough. Um, and um, from there, you know, I somebody from CBS saw me, brought me in, offered me a holding deal. My manager at the time was like, let's shop around and get a bidding war going. So then I went to all these other networks and ABC wanted me. So then they started bidding war. And then I got on a show on CBS. It just happened so fast that I thought, well, of course it happened so fast. Yeah. My ego was ginormous. It just was... Wow. Yeah. If I ever get the chance again, and I'm hoping I will, but who knows, I'm, it's going to be different. It's going to be great. Yeah. Having Just, been there and back again, like what, I mean, every, uh, I don't know. I have a million questions. Um, wh- I'm, I'm sure you give advice all day long, but as far as like being happy, like, all my friends, everyone's struggling and everyone's so competitive with each other. And some people are excelling faster than other people. And people's, when you go to a party, every conversation is, what are you doing? Oh, congrats on that commercial. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm bummed out because I didn't get the show or Mm -hmm. like what I think it's like being happy and having relationships is so much more important. What do you like? As i I'm going to treat you like Confucius. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you, (laughs) Well, you know, I, uh, I'm going to tell you kind of a gross answer and then (laughs) the answer that, because I can, I actually haven't actually put that into words, but Mm -hmm. for myself, I kind of now choose what parties I go to Mm -hmm. because there is so much out there. I mean, for me, even Facebook is dicey because I'm at a point in my life, you know, like, like everything happened the opposite. I was married young. I had success young and then mm-hmm. everything's different now. Mm-hmm. Um, that even Facebook is tricky for me where I feel jealousy, which I haven't, I never felt jealousy when I was younger because I had it all. Right. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but I did. I had no, it. Yeah. Um, except for loving parents. But other than that, um, <laughs> who needs them? Yeah. Who needs them? And, um, but, I think I kind of choose like to really be very clear on who my friends are Mm -hmm. and I don't have to go to parties. I don't have to go to all these things. Um, It helps that I'm kind of a hermit anyway. So it's not like I'm missing out on stuff, but I kind of, and also I remind myself like when I see people on TV shows and I'm like, wow, I mean, just yesterday they were on a DCT team or something. It's like, how did that? But I know because it happened to me. Mm-hmm. We just, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's mm-hmm. no, I was a giant lady. I was a giant, big, tall, huge lady. There's no mm-hmm. reason I was supposed to get on a TV show, and I did. And um, so I think to just understand, and also I'm a very woo-woo person, and I kind of feel like all of this is actually supposed to happen mm-hmm. exactly the way it's happening. And I have no idea where it's going to lead me. But so the gross thing is, listen, if you're, if you feel like you're going to go down a shame spiral, don't go to that party. Yeah, like yeah. hang out with other friends or gaze into your cat's one eyeball, <laughs> you know, like just take care of yourself. But then I guess the more spiritual answer would be to fully 
celebrate the magic for everybody mm-hmm. and know that yours is coming. You know, my friend Amy gave me this little tiny mini card that she drew up and it says results are on their way even when they're delayed. And I know that that's sort of like a vision board, which believe me, I've got two in my house. Nice. Um, one, yeah, I was just ridiculous. But Do you, have a, you have a vision board for your vision board. <laughs> what you want your vision board to look like? <laughs> someday I'll be able to put a I'll put a limo on the yes, vision board. That's someday, right. you know, I probably should do that because I can't. There's no man on my vision board. There's nothing that really illustrates wealth. You know, like I I need to do that. I mean, I have mostly <laughs> pictures of picnics. You know, there's a lot of picnicking going on. Um, there's there. There's a lot of rings. I do love rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've done vision boards with friends, and there's, like, Selma Hayek and limousines and George Clooney. Uh-huh. I have none of that stuff. I have, like, I have one devoted f- to food, which is, like, all fruits and veg looking great. Mm-hmm. And then I have one devoted to my future life. And those things are kind of coming true. Nice. But, like, picnics, performing, that kind of stuff, because I got out of performing for so long. And mm-hmm. um, But... So I don't know. That's a really, this town is so hard because it, you, and we, you know, and I know, and you know how great it is when that success happens, but it's Mm -hmm. interesting. I was just talking to my friend Al and he, you know, it is sort of like a, I always think of this. Um, it's like a, what do you call that? When those horses are going like this carousel. (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> Judith has her, her her hands and fists, and she was punching up and down. I was like, what are you? That looks like I don't two, know. I've never yeah. seen a horse do that. Yeah. Okay, now I see they're going um, up and down. But you know, the carousel. So it's yes, like yeah. somebody's horse may be up and yours is down, but mm-hmm. just it has to. But theirs, theirs is going to go down well, really I mean, soon. I'm like, well, I meant to say yours is going to go <laughs> yeah, up, but yeah, you yeah. know. But it is anything. I've seen all my friends, and I've been in this business a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I came up in the time of Janine Garofalo and Pat. Oswalt and Maria Bamford and all that stuff. And um, and also I think it takes a certain type of person to succeed in this town. And, and I'm maybe... What type of person? You have to be ambitious. And that's mm-hmm. the one thing that I don't have. I hate admitting that, but I'm not that ambitious. I love people. I love to be around people. And I love to laugh. And I'm a really good follower in a way like if you invite me to your podcast I'll come and give 100% if you want me to come and be in your movie I'll come and do that but I'm realizing I'm not as ambitious as I used to be and that's just the way it is for now maybe I'll become more ambitious but you know I don't have my own podcast and I don't have you know videos that you can see of me I don't have a social platform really of any kind and that's just yeah I don't know I I I wish I was more ambitious about my career. Oh, Aaron, I think <laughs> you're exactly where you need to be, my friend. Really? Well, I, I do. I, I feel I don't know. I lately I'm 27, and this this town makes you feel so old. Like oh, now I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm going to have any sort of success because oh, no. I'm 27. Oh, I'm, Aaron, no, no, no. The the light is already shining on you. It's just <laughs> it is. You there's no I. The minute I saw you, we were in, we were taking we took very a first, class. yes, yeah, we yeah. did, um, Craig Kukowski, and there's, you can't run from it. 
Okay. And you can't hide from it. No, it's totally, it's totally, totally, totally going to happen. And even when I listened to this podcast, because you're such a team player, I was like, this is going to be interesting to see Erin be on her own. And it's freaking fantastic. Thank you. You're just meant to do this. So I would, I would, you know what I would do? And now I'm giving you advice no, that you didn't ask me, for. No, I want to. I would enjoy having somebody you love and enjoy doing mm. that because both of you are having and going to have careers that will pull on both of you, meaning mm. just take away your time together. Right. So, you know, the fact that you could be with your sweetheart today when, you know, he needed you or whatever, that's really important because things are going to get busy. Yeah. You know? I hope so. Yeah. You, like, I, I I feel, I think my inclination is to really, when I'm in a relationship with a creative person, which I always am, mm-hmm. and, um, like, especially now, I'm in, a, I'm in a relationship with a creative person who I really admire and is ex- extremely talented and, and wonderful. Like, I, I feel like I... Sometimes I have fantasies of just like, I don't know, like losing my arms and legs and being like, well, I'm just going to have to. Well, that's a bad example because then you would have to take care of me. But like, the, yeah. <laughs> like I, I could see like if I woke up in the morning and I and I didn't have like the the need to perform or make things myself. I know I could put all of that energy into just like nurturing him or like making him dinner and you know, kissing his cheeks and telling him it's going to, everything's fine. And I feel like that, I don't know, it's those two parts of me, that nurturing part. And then also like the selfish creative person are always at a, are always battling. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, I wish I had that because I've been there. Mm -hmm. I've been there and it did not go well for me. So just as a fellow creative person, you know, to keep that, because Aaron, I've known you, you know, from afar and close and far, and you know, just our, mm. our you know, knowing each other has gone so in we're and out. Two horses, yeah, that's going right, up, that's right. <laughs> but this is carousel. you are so creative, and I, yeah. you know, I on the one hand, I say enjoy being in a relationship, enjoy wanting to kiss his cheeks, because that too will change a little bit over time, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I think maybe, and so, but enjoy that, but know that there's something in you that needs to get out and needs to be said and only you can say it right and even if that means just for a while putting it in a notebook Mm -hmm. or you know but it has to get out i I don't know um yeah i and i also feel like i don't know just i've been there i i how do you if you were to if you were to do it again or if you were to like tell like how do what's the best way for me to like protect myself from you know staying myself and focusing mm-hmm. on my ambitions I as would much as his you know this sounds crazy and I mean I he I need to do it myself but to sounds fruity <laughs> but to write it down journal it Get okay. it all down so it's that's there. Pretty. That's that's yeah. a really good like practical yeah. suggestion. Write it all down. Like like you know, um, get yourself a nice book and all the because I love to draw and paint. So just mm-hmm. get it all out. Do it when you when you need to do it. But also, I would have t- two other things. One, accept every opportunity that comes your way. Okay. So never pass up if somebody says, "Hey, do you want to come perform?" 
And, you know, as long as you and your sweetheart, you know, you hadn't planned this date night in Balboa for mm-hmm. six months, take that opportunity. Um, because I feel like, and I don't know Dan at all, but I feel like men are very comfortable doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. They're very comfortable. They don't feel ashamed by that. They don't feel like they're robbing anybody of anything by doing right. what they want to do. And I feel like they're happy because they follow what they need to do. And I think like as women, we need to do that more. We need to be okay with saying, no, in order for me to be happy, I have to perform. Or I have to go to the spa or I have to yeah. do those things that make me do happy. Do you think that's because we worry that our male partners are going to feel threatened or, or, or think that we don't love them as much? Yes. Well, I think because we've been raised like we are supposed to nurture. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't I think maybe even in your generation, we are supposed to be it's still this way. Wives, you know, and like we're supposed to. But now we're wives and mothers and lawyers and and creative people. And, And that'll be interesting to see how your art changes as you go through your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is a heavy thing, and I don't know if you want to answer it, but do you feel that your sweetheart is threatened by your creativity? No, mm-hmm. no. It's like, it's uh, it's the first relationship I've, I've had where that's the case, mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, nice. And, not, and I'm not saying that the other guys I dated were necessarily, like, threatened across the board like threatened by my talent or anything but they Mm -hmm. just took it as like an affront Mm -hmm. because they were doing the same thing and it's like well I'm the man and I go to the mine and then you know they go down to the mine and I'm there and I I have a handful of diamonds and I'm like I'm sorry I got all these diamonds they're like get down I was supposed to I'm supposed to get the diamonds yes I'm supposed to bring them back to you but you know what I think maybe the reason you feel good with your sweetheart now is that he has his own diamonds yeah he's been Mm -hmm. in the mine much longer he has a big bucket full of diamonds And I just, I just got my, my little, my diamond. Yeah, I got my satchel. I just Uh have my satchel and I'm, I'm like easing into the mine. Oh, you definitely have a satchel. He can tell me where the diamonds are usually. I'm like following him around. That's so sweet. (laughs) I think, honestly, if I was to backtrack, I would say what I learned in my marriage, what I feel I did wrong, which was think that somehow what he had to offer was more valuable Mm -hmm. or more important than what I had to offer. So I do want to say it actually had nothing to do with him. I single-handedly became submissive. Mm -hmm. You know, I single-handedly did that because I kind of wanted to. I wanted to be a wife. You know, for me, I'm not that, I'm not that, uh, um, whatever that word is that I can never re- ambitious. And so it was kind of great to think, oh, I can just focus on him and he can be the superstar. He can be an art star and Mm -hmm. I can just, you know, but so just woman to woman, what I would say is no matter what I, and I don't even know if you're getting this message, but whenever you get the message that, and I, I don't know, I should ask you that. Do you get the message that what he's doing is more important and that you'd love to just support him in that? Um, no, I don't. It, it feels, his career feels so, even though we, our careers are adjacent, it feels so different. It, it's its own, it's like a, a living, breathing, like child walking around almost. And uh-huh. I'm like, you know, just planting seeds. Yeah. Cause that's how children yeah. <laughs> like come, mixing, come. mixing metaphors. Yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't feel 
threatened by it. I'm excited by it. It's not, it's, it's, it exists and it's there. Mm. And it's my career is so young and like, I'm still figuring out my voice and perspective. Mm. So it's, yeah, it just, it feels totally different. Mm. Whereas like when I was in relationships with other, with other comics that were, you know, developing at the same time, we're both trying to figure out our voice and like, it's really easy to get threatened by ah, each other. Yes. I mean, D- Dan's like really accomplished. He's created a, a whole thing. And like, if he was to retire tomorrow, he will, like he has like a whole career behind him. Mm-hmm. He's not going to retire, but like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it just, it feels, it feels so different. So I don't mm-hmm. feel threatened by it I really like it it makes Good. me feel very comfortable and and he's not threatened by me obviously yeah. because there's no I will say like I think that with us like there is a he's not threatened he's not threatened by me at all but I think we can get maybe a little like jealous of each other's audience a little bit I was in you know if I may when mm-hmm. I listened to your podcast together I thought there's a there's a lot of competition there (laughs) but I think for many couples competition is extremely sexy so there's nothing wrong with it you know and to not be worried about that because there was a lot of playful banter Mm -hmm. a lot of goosing and teasing which is actually energy Mm -hmm. that's a good you know and and I guess it can be good or bad but but I know well from what I know of you you're so playful and you're so used to being around guys who are fun and from all your improv work so I think you're pretty much the woman that can flourish in that situation you know <laughs> and um but I I I sort of feel like Aaron as long as you keep track of what your desires are mm-hmm. you can't be stopped it's going to happen anyway Thank you. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. Thank you, dude. You didn't ask me, and I don't no, know. No, no. Yeah. I really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. It was great. Because this a, podcast really is advice. fantastic, buddy. Thank it you. It really is. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're fantastic. Well, thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Sure. Right, guys. That was the interview with Judith Shelton. She's, uh, she's amazing. Please go to her show on October 20th at the Create Gallery. Uh, take her stand-up class. Um, I think I'm going to take it for sure. If you take it and tell me about it, I will do something uh, nice for you. We'll go out for drinks. We'll talk. Um, she's amazing. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter. Her handle is at Judith Shelton. Um, also, you can follow me on Twitter at Erin McGathy. And now uh, my friend uh, Jonathan Denmark, who's a, who's a very talented musician, has a project called Lower Than Lowercase. And he did a cover of Harry Nielsen's Without You, which is an awesome song. And I, uh, I co-starred in the music video. So um, please enjoy this cover by Jonathan Denmark. And check out uh, jonathandenmark.com. Uh, goodbye. No, I can't forget this evening All your faces you are leaving But I guess that's just the way the story goes You always smile, but in your eyes your sorrow shows Yes, it shows No, I can't forget tomorrow When I think of all my sorrows When I had you there, but then I let you go it's only fair that I should let you know. But 
you pay it forward live a weekly live stream featuring big names and entertainment to support small businesses tune in every tuesday and thursday on at verizon's twitter or twitch yahoo and files channel 501 at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific